0: This is Oasis City Radio Music. A, this is Oasis City Radio Music. The sun goes up, sun comes down, this old world keeps spinning around. This is Oasis City Radio Music. 24 hours a day at oasiscityradio.com. Tune in. iHeartRadio and the Oasis City Radio app. Stir it up. This is Oasis City Radio music. Oasis City Radio. And so I've entitled my message this morning, a generational relay. We are all needed and we are all important. We are all valued. Have you ever asked the Lord, Why am I part of this generation? Why now? Why here? Right? Think of all of the time periods. You have the Dark Ages. The pioneer ages, which I shared in first service, thank the Lord I was not part of that generation. I would not have made a very good pioneer woman. Don't like to cook. And that would have been a whole different story. Right? But think about the roaring 20s, all of these different time periods. And God says, I want to place you in this generation right now. It's on purpose. Have you ever asked God why? I know last year during COVID in 2020, there was many days when I was sitting at home and I was like, why me? Why now, Lord, right? Why am I part of this moment in history, right? But God has chosen to place all of us on the earth right now. He's chosen to put you in the generation that you're in right now. And I believe this morning that this sermon is an Esther 4.14 message. It says this, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this I believe this morning this is a for such a time as this message that God has appointed every single one of you for such a time as this he's called each and every one of you and just as Mordecai was was telling Esther in this scripture if you don't step up and speak I'll find somebody else who will the Lord is challenging us this morning if you don't run your race I'll find somebody else who will God wants to use all of us. And I feel this stirring from the Holy Spirit that the Lord wants to awaken us this morning, awaken our hearts, and open our eyes to the lies that the enemy comes at each and every one of us with. Because the enemy spins similar lies in each generation. To the older generation, he says, You're no longer needed or wanted. Your gifts aren't valid anymore. And to the younger generation, he says, there's not a place for me. The church doesn't want my gifts or the way I approach things. It's a similar lie spun two different ways. But let me encourage us as fathers and mothers and grandparents spiritually that it is vital for us all to raise up release and empower the next generation while we continue to run our own race it's a both and it's not an either or we're called to raise them up and to empower them and release them but we're also called to keep running our own races It's also imperative that we run alongside of them as spiritual mothers and fathers, coaching, mentoring, giving thoughts and input into their lives. I want to encourage us. Don't look at what God is doing in the next generation and feel threatened. There's room for all of us. And this morning, I want to encourage us. Lean into your calling and run your race no matter what stage of life that you're in. Last Sunday night, I was at a graduation party, and I actually left and then came back because Marcus said, Mom, can I go back and play with some friends? And they were playing football and all of that. I said, Sure, we can go. And before I knew it, most of the adults had left, and I was kind of thinking, You know, should I leave? Should I stay? And it was actually at Cullen and Skylar's house, and all of their school friends began to gather in the living room. Now, as far as I know, these were not church kids. But they started flipping through songs, and all of a sudden, they all started singing and dancing to these spiritual songs. They knew every single lyric. And I just sat there, and I thought, man, God, how can we activate the things inside of this generation? How can we as a church begin to invite them in and say we want what's inside of you we want to use your gifts we want you to come and to be a part of what God's doing it's time for us all to begin moving past this notion that this Sunday morning gathering is all about how I feel and is the song moving me and am I being met and my needs being met? Am I getting to use my gifts? We need to be asking the question: is this gathering inviting the lost in? Are we calling people in, no matter what age, into this house and saying, You're welcome here? No matter what season of life you're in. In Mark 2:17, Jesus said, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus wants us to be in this position where this gathering and our small group gatherings and our young adult meetings, all of these things are reaching out to people like Clara who are coming in and saying, God, you've got tonight to make a difference and if you don't show up, I'm giving up. And then the Holy Spirit breaks in and changes her life. This is what it's about. It's about the generations working together. The church needs to be a place where sinners feel safe. And where the next generation feels heard. God has called us to be a spiritual family. And he desires for the generations to work together to impact the earth for such a time as this. If there's ever a time in history where spiritual fathers and mothers and spiritual grandparents are needed, it's now. There is a generation rising up in this nation that is a post-Christian nation. They are being fed so many lies about who they are. and They can be this gender or that gender. They can do this or do that. They need a generation of leaders and parents saying, but this is what the Word of God says culture cannot determine who you are the word of God determines who you are and we need parents speaking truth into this generation calling them out and saying this is who you are called to be that God has created you with a purpose and a plan and there's gold inside of you and I'm going to stand alongside of you and I'm going to help you find out what's inside of you And on the opposite side, for you youth and young adults, the enemy is at work lying to you as well as a generation. He wants you to believe that your ideas and your gifts don't fit in the church or in the kingdom. He wants you to believe that you need to go outside to find a place to serve outside of the church and using your gifts. He loves to whisper things like, they don't know what they're talking about they don't validate your gifts they don't really want to make space for you and I want to encourage you to push past those lies the church needs sons and daughters who will humble themselves be discipled and work with and glean from the older generation every generation carries importance there's not one that's more important than the others think about this for a minute The different things that each generation brings to the table. Grandparents bring history, wisdom, experience, expertise, stability, sometimes money, (laughs) security, right? Parents, in the same way, they bring wisdom and experience, but they also bring covering and care, protection and provision, I know in this season of my life, with, with my kids being teens and young adults, I'm up late at night as much as I was when they were little, maybe even more. If you think, just get through the toddler years and then I can sleep. There is a season you do sleep, but then they become drivers and you're like worried about are they home yet and are they safe and are they, you know, and then you start praying really hard. Jesus, get them home. Right? Youth and young adults, what do they bring to the table? They bring energy, zeal, fresh ideas, passion, adventure. Right? Right? My kids are always challenging me. Mom, let's try this. White water rafting. They so want to go white water rafting. I'm like, I will bless you to go white water rafting. Are you calling me out? Lord, I have to pray a long time about that. (laughs) Children, they bring energy and life and joy and excitement and innocence and fun. I said this in the first service. Last Sunday, I was watching during worship as a little boy was just worshiping over in the corner. He was in his own little world. He was dancing and raising his hands. And I just said, Jesus, I need that. It was this joy and innocence, and he was going in. And I thought, I need some of that. So, out of everything that I listed that's not a part of your generation, what do you need in your life? How can you seek out more adventure if you're not adventurous? How can you seek out more joy if you're not joyful? Get around somebody who's not your age. I want to talk this morning about this three-generational blessing that's described in the book of Genesis. Because I believe if we begin to value other generations and work together, that there will be a blessing from the Father that comes through this house that will create momentum and movement in the Spirit. In Genesis, God is referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this title is connected to this three generational blessing from a covenant that God made with Abraham. In Genesis 12, we see where God calls Abraham to leave his country to go to a new land where he will bless him. And at the age of 75, Abram leaves his land, his family, and his father's house to go to the land of Canaan. And here in this covenant, God says three things He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And then in Genesis twelve three he says this. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That's you and me. Our families are blessed because of this covenant. And then again in Genesis 15, God appears to Abram in a vision, and he makes a seventh, second covenant with him. And at this point, it looks like Abram is probably between the ages of 90 and 95. 20 years later. How many of you have a delayed promise? 20 years in the waiting. And God comes to him and he says, come on with me. Let's go outside. Let's look up at the stars in the sky. I make a covenant with you that your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. And Abram says... Wait a minute, Lord, there's one important thing. Sarah and I, we don't have any children. And God makes this impossible promise, what seems impossible in the natural, that I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars. So guess what? God's delays, God will always be faithful, even if it feels like a delay. He will always make good on his promises. And so if you're waiting today for a promise, I just want to encourage you. He is always faithful. Number two in this covenant, God also goes back to this covenant of land. And then he also talks about blessing and redemption that will come through his lineage, which then is through Isaac and Jacob, which guess what? This then becomes the lineage of Jesus Christ. And it's through our relationship with Jesus Christ that we have access to this covenantal blessing of Abraham. Three generations, grandparents, parents, sons and daughters working together. I want to transition for a minute and talk about this idea of generational relays. I am not a sports person. But the Lord gave me a sports analogy, and so this morning I want to talk for a second about this whole idea of running a relay race. How many of you have been part of a relay race at any time in your life? Raise your hand. Okay, a lot of people. I'm just going to say right up front, I am not one of those people. There's experiential knowledge, and there's head knowledge. I'm teaching from head knowledge this morning, not experiential, right? But we just had a couple of students, even this weekend, run in the state finals in a relay right this is awesome so they should actually be the ones up here teaching this not me but there's there's something about having experiential knowledge but as i studied in a relay race there's a team of four people and each team member is identified is runner number one, runner number two, runner number three, and number four. And you don't get out of order because if you do, you're actually disqualified. Every person knows their place, knows their position, knows where they're running, and they run in that order. But one of the most important things about a relay race is the transition between runners because there's this thing called a baton, and you need to accurately pass the baton from one runner to another while they are continuing to run so that the race continues with momentum and there isn't a start and a stop. It isn't like runner number one comes to the end, stops, hands it off, and number two goes. No, there's, there's a running together that happens. There's also an exchange zone. I didn't know this. 20 meters that you have to exchange within the zone. If you exchange outside of the zone, you're disqualified. So there's this time period where the transition is supposed to occur. We have to be careful. We don't delay the process of passing the baton to the next generation or they're going to miss out. And so are we. So runner number one takes off. I need to pose, right? No, just kidding. Just kidding. I need Skylar. She's in Pittsburgh. So, runner number one takes off. They begin to run. They get into the exchange zone. They hand it off. But as they're coming to the exchange zone, runner number two begins running as well. And for this period of time, they run in tandem together. And they pass the baton, and it's in tandem. It's important that we don't drop the baton. It's important that this transition happens accurately and quickly. If we delay, that second runner has to stop. So there's a few facts that I want to correlate. Number one, you have to run your race or your leg of the race to the best of your ability because your entire team depends on you. Yeah. Right. You have to run to the, rep- to the best of your ability. If you mess up your leg, it affects everybody else. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says... Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The next generation is depending on you to run your race well. They're depending on you not to sit down or give up. They're depending on you to fix your eyes on Jesus. They're depending on you to throw off the sin that entangles you. Because if you get caught up, it affects their race. They're depending on you not to get distracted or sidetracked, to push through the pain when it comes. We all go through tough times. We all go through tough seasons. But the next generation is dependent upon you pushing through the pain and making it to, to your, the end of your leg so that you can pass the baton. Number two, you have to stay in your lane. If you get out of your lane, you have to stay in your lane. If you get out of your lane, you're going to get distracted, and you're going to lose. You're going to lose your race, and it's going to affect those behind you. When we begin to look around at others running the race or get distracted with the lanes they're running in, we are going to be defeated. The enemy so wants to distract you from staying in your lane. With things like comparison, intimidation. You know, the enemy comes at all of us with the same stuff. He comes and says, you know, I I struggle sometimes and say, man, Lord, I wish I could sing every Sunday like Pastor Tara. He says, I didn't call you to do that. Stay in your lane. I wish I could preach like... I wish I could prophesy like he's given every single person here gifts that need to be used for the kingdom. If you love kids, we have a kids ministry that so needs workers right now. Go help Tanya back there. And it's not a junior Holy Spirit. We're training them up. If you love hospitality, we have hospitality teams. If you love evangelism, we have places where you can evangelize. Use your gift and stay in your lane. 1 Peter 4:10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. I don't want to get to the end of my race and hear Jesus say, What did you do with your gift? Well, I really wanted to prophesy, and did I call you to do that? I really wanted to do this or that. Did I call you to do that? And not that we can't desire good gifts. We can grow. We can add on to the things that God's given us, but know your lane and stay in it. And don't try to compare. Don't allow the enemy to intimidate you in your gift as well. Push past those things because the next generation is depending on you. Number three, you have to be willing to run alongside the next generation. Remember I talked about this zone where where they're running together in tandem. In the book of Titus, Paul writes a letter to his spiritual son, instructing him how to build churches and raise up leaders. And in chapter 2, Paul encourages him to have the older men and women train the younger. And it's in all kinds of things, spiritual things and just life stuff. He says things like your marriage. In raising kids, your conduct, your character. There's a mentoring and training responsibility that is for all of us. It's not just for pastors. We are called as a family to find someone to mentor, to train, to encourage, to call the gold out of. Young people, I want to encourage you this morning. In this season of running alongside the older generation, I want to encourage you to be humble and honoring. Good. Honor the things that are within inside the older generation that they've experienced. Honor those seasons that they have spent with the Lord. Honor those seasons of perseverance, those things that they've walked through, that they've lived life through. And I want to encourage you, there's a generation here who has experienced things like revival and the move of the Holy Spirit, and they would love to share those things with you. It just takes asking questions. It just takes making time. It takes getting outside of yourself. Some of my greatest seasons of growth as a young person were when I went before my leaders and just asked questions. There was a season where I bugged some mentors constantly. What are you reading? What is God saying to you? What's the Holy Spirit doing in you? What are you being challenged in? And they'd share their stories with me. And i just learn from their experiences. I remember coming off the stage some days after worship and just pulling my worship leader aside and saying, Now, why did you stop there? What were you thinking as you were navigating the Holy Spirit? I learned in the moment how to do something because that leader knew what they were doing, and it just took asking questions. For the older generation, we need to be careful to quickly hand off the baton and let the next generation run their race. It's not a time once we hand the baton to be critical and say, well, I could have run it better. Or said, if I did that, I would have, uh, my pace would have been faster or my pace would have been, whatever. It's not a time to criticize. It's a time to say, come on. It's your turn. Let's go. I believe in you. I honor you. It's your turn to run. When we pass the baton, it's now our time to cheerlead. To stand alongside of them saying, you can do it. I know it's hard. I've been there. I've done it. But you can do it. As parents and grandparents, sometimes we forget. What were you like when you were 15? 18? 20? 25. As I was putting this together, I realized, you know, I was 21 years old when we came into ministry. And here I was with Jake, leading teenagers who were only six and seven years younger than me. I'm sure some advice that I gave was not always wise. I didn't have the experience. I didn't have the knowledge. I loved Jesus. I always directed them back to the word. But it wasn't experiential knowledge. It was head knowledge. But it's important to remember where we came from. It's important to release the next generation and let them run and let them make mistakes and let them fall and say, okay, get it back up, let's go again. That's how they learn. There's so many times... In a youth meeting where Pastor Jake or I will, will you know, be leaning toward each other and thinking we're going to navigate one way, and then a student steps up and begins to do something else, and the Lord just checks us and says, let him go. Let him find me in this moment. It's not about you dictating. It's not about you finding it for them. They've got to find me in their own path, in their own way. Yeah. And so teens and young adults, I want to encourage you, when you're given the baton, run your race to the best of your ability. Go hard after Jesus. And whether you're being trained to run or whether you're already running, be preparing yourself. Put your place in a position of of humility where you're willing to be discipled and trained and where some older someone older than you can come along inside aside you and say i'm not sure what do you think about and instead of being defensive saying holy spirit is this you speaking through someone and teens and youth and young adults i want to encourage you continue also to look down the road because there's a generation coming behind you who's getting ready to take the baton as well. And it's so important that you begin asking yourself, who am I mentoring? Who am I coaching? Who am I encouraging? It's important that we all do this together. Now, the great thing about our spiritual lives is This isn't a one-time thing. In our spiritual lives, things happen in seasons and cycles. So it's not like us as an older, older generation come, we run, we pass the baton, and then we sit down and we're done. God says, nope, there's another race, there's another person. Get up, get another leg, get another baton, and get ready to pass it again. This thing is cyclical. If you're still living and you are still Here on the planet, God still has people for you to be imparting to. And so it isn't time to give up or to allow the enemy to say, oh, you've done your, you've, you've run your race. You're, you're good now. Just sit down and no, the Holy Spirit wants to keep using you over and over and over again. I want to close this morning by asking a few simple questions. To the grandparents, fathers, and mothers, are you still running or have you sat down? Your race may look different than it did when you were in your 20s. It may not be the pace you used to run, but guess what? It is now filled with experience and wisdom and perseverance and overcoming trials And the next generation needs those stories. Secondly, who are you running alongside? Who are you mentoring? Who are you coaching? Who are you encouraging? At the very least, who are you praying for? Who are you running alongside? And three, are you still handing off batons? Are you still running diligently in your race and in your lane? And are you still handing batons off? To the next generation, are you getting ready to run your race? Or are you running already? Some of you are already running. Are you being humble, gleaning from leaders Spiritually training and preparing yourself to run the race. No athlete runs without training. No athlete runs without doing the work. Guess what? You got to do the spiritual work. I don't know how many times as pastor, youth pastors we say, read your Bible, pray, get with the Holy Spirit. And it, I'm sure it feels monotonous. But when I say, how long have you spent with Jesus this week? The answer is not usually as long as I spend on Netflix. Right? We prioritize what we love. We spend time on the things we love. And I just want to challenge you as the next generation. You are in spiritual boot camp it is the season to do the work study learn the word get around people who love the bible and know it inside and out memorize scripture so you know how to fight the enemy when he comes at you and this is for everybody if you're not doing it in the as you know parents and grandparents it's for all of us but next generation hear me this is your season of training. You are preparing yourself and setting yourself up for a lifelong spiritual walk with Jesus. And this is your season to train. Number two, are you, next generation, are you being humble? Are you willing to submit to leaders who might come alongside of you and say, I'm not quite sure that was the best decision? Or are you like, hey, I got it. I'm gonna live and I'm gonna learn. Well, Proverbs says, pride goes before a fall. And before you fall, you might want to ask Jesus, what do I need in this season? Oh, I need people speaking truth into my life. Okay, I'm going to humble myself. I don't necessarily love this counsel, but I'm going to sit here with it and say, Holy Spirit, is this from you? Okay, I'm going to step out and obey even though I don't love it. And next generation, are you looking for kids younger than you, for you to mentor, for you to coach, for you to encourage? There's some kids back there who challenge me in the way they know Jesus. They're getting visions. They're getting dreams. You know, I remember back to uh, one of the most significant spiritual dreams Kaylin ever had. She was six years old. She woke up one morning, and she says, Mom, I had this dream. And in this dream, Jesus was standing before me. And he had two bowls in his hands, and they were filled with fire. And I'm like, I think I've read that in the book of Revelation. And I was like, really? And so she began telling me. And I said, can you draw it for me? And so at six years old, she drew the whole thing out. I was like, six years old, prophetic download in her dreams. There's no junior Holy Spirit. And so all of us need to be asking, who are we coaching? Who are we mentoring? Who are we raising up? You know, one of the greatest joys that I have being a next-gen pastor is this opportunity to mentor youth and young adult leaders. And so at the beginning of the year, I felt like the Lord said, I want you to be very intentional this year. Gather your leaders and on a regular basis meet with them. And so part of it is I sit and I coach and I mentor, but a huge part of it is I've just said, guys, you can come in and ask me any question. It can be ministry, it can be life, it can be parenting, whatever questions you have. And in the very first meeting, these women said, How do you navigate the Holy Spirit in a corporate setting? What's been your experience? And I began to share, and I, I was humble. I'm like, hey, I don't always get it right. You know, it's, it's an impression. You lean in this way. You, you sense and you step out by faith. And all of a sudden, I could see these light bulbs going off in their heads. They were like, really? Oh, that makes sense. Okay. That. And I thought to myself, if we don't make time as the older generation to spiritually invest in the next generation, who will? Who's going to teach them and train them how to navigate the Holy Spirit if we don't? We cannot assume that just because we know how to do something spiritually that those around us know. And it's not just generations, it's new believers. It's people who didn't grow up in the church. And we have to be willing to open our lives and say this is what I've learned. It's investing in others.